In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first reading for the Feast of All Saints is from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 7. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east with the seal of the living God, and he called out to the four angels who had been given power to damage land and sea. Don't damage land, sea, or trees, he said, until we have put the seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000. They were from every tribe of the people of Israel. They were, there were sealed, 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Iskar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin. After that, I saw a large crowd that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes with palms in their hands. And they called out loud, We are saved by our God who sits on the throne and by the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, around the elders and the four living beings, and bowed down before the throne with their faces to the ground, worshipped God and said, Amen. Praise, glory, wisdom, thanks, honor, power, strength be to our God forever. Amen. Then one of the elders turned to me and asked, These people dressed in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And I answered him, Sir, you know. Then he told me, They are the people who have come through great suffering, who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That is why they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. They will never be hungry or thirsty again, and the sun or any heat will never burn them, because the Lamb before the throne will be their shepherd, and He will lead them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading comes from 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> See how the Father has loved us. We are called God's children and that's what we are. The world doesn't know us because it didn't know Him. Dear friends, we are now God's children, but it hasn't yet been shown what we're going to be. We know that when it will be shown, We'll be like him because we'll see him as he is. And everyone who trusts him for this purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the hill, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. 
Then he began to teach them. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. Blessed are those who are gentle. They will own the land. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteous. They will be satisfied. Blessed are those who are merciful. They will find mercy. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure. They will see God. Blessed are those who make peace. They'll be called son. They'll be called God's sons. Blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, lie and tell only evil about you on account of me. Rejoice and be glad because you have a great reward in heaven. That's how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Our sermon text today is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 to 13. Finally, become strong in the Lord and in the might of his power. Put on the full armor of God in order that you might be able to stand against the schemings of the devil. Because the struggle for us is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world ruler of this darkness, against the spirited forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms. On account of this, take up the full armor of God in order that you might be able to resist the wicked day and to stand after overcoming all things. Thus our text. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Amen. Today is All Saints Day. It's the day we recall all those Christians who have gone before us, that great cloud of witnesses who have inspired us and encouraged us as we walk with Christ. For some of us, this will mean recalling family we knew. For others, it'll mean thinking about our family in Christ, pastors, Sunday school teachers, and congregation leaders and members whose example and life impacted us. For all of us, It is also a time to think on those Christians we never knew personally, to ponder how they met the challenges and struggles of this world in faith. In this regard, we might think of Abraham, Moses, Jonah, Peter, Paul, John, and many others, and how they faced the attacks of the devil and the world. After all, This is where the real struggle is today. And it is the struggle in which God's people have long been engaged. We've been facing this battle for thousands of years. The devil and his minions have been trying every tactic possible to drive Christians away from God's word toward either abandoning Jesus or toward fighting unimportant battles. These evil forces do not want God's people to remain standing upon God's word. They want to destroy you and me. 
but they know they cannot do so as long as we remain steadfast in Christ and in his, in his word. It is only when Christians put the word aside and try to stand by their own strength and by their own faith that they become weak and susceptible to the lies of Satan. We have seen this time and time again among those who went before us. It happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. It happened when Cain ignored God's warning about sin crouching at his door. It happened when the Israelites refused to enter the promised land because they feared the giants in the land of Canaan. And then, after being chastised by God for their lack of faith and their rebellion, they decided to go fight these giants without God's support and thus by their own strength. <laughs> it didn't go very well, of course. Even the very faithful and steadfast king of Judah, King Josiah, who restored proper worship of God in Judah and Jerusalem, who got rid of the false prophets and abominations of false religions that had been practiced in Jerusalem and even in the temple, and of who Scripture declared before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. First Kings 23:25. Even he fell victim to the lies of Satan. He did not consult God but went by his own strength to oppose Necho, the king of Egypt, and died in battle. In the 1700s, Lutherans in Germany slowly began to abandon God's word in favor of human reason. Some Lutherans left Germany because of this. Others fought against this trend but because so many fought it with emotionalism rather than God's word, they only managed to slow it and the following Marxist philosophies down. It was this slow march away from Jesus that opened Germany up to fascism. Those who have gone before us provide not only examples of what not to do, but they also provide examples of what to do. We see how Caleb and Joshua remained faithful and encouraged the Israelites to listen to God and to go into the promised land. God blessed Caleb and Joshua and brought them into the promised land while only the children of those who rebelled entered in. We've heard how Elijah faithfully stood against the king of Israel and against the prophets of Baal and how God fed him in the famine and later took him away to heaven without dying. We know the stories of Daniel in the lion's den and Shadrach 
Meshach and Abednego in the fiery furnace and how Jesus delivered them from the hand of the king. And we've heard how the apostles and many other Christians were martyred for their faith, trusting that Jesus would raise them on the last day. Their testimony and witness unto death resulted in the church growing and overcoming the mighty empire of Rome. All these Christians are those we see depicted in our reading today from Revelation 7, where we see the church on earth arranged in battalions ready for battle and the church triumphant gathered at the end of time and rejoicing before God's throne. Such steadfastness and faithfulness did not happen by the strength of those who went before us, but it happened by the Lord's strength. All these put on God's armor and stood on his word. They fought against all the various attacks of Satan with a shield of faith, which means they trusted in God's word rather than the lies thrown at them. They maintained their ground when the evil forces tried to get them to abandon it and take an easier course. They stood fast against any and all attacks that might compromise God's word, whether they were small or great. They fought against the evil, demonic, and spiritual forces and did not give in to them. Their example stands before us today to encourage us to stand strong in Christ and to face the battles ahead in faith. For as long as we stand on God's word, we will neither fail nor die in vain. But we will live and abide in hope, knowing that our Lord will keep us standing. This struggle is no doubt upon us today. As we face the threat of a plague and a pestilence that does not seem to be abating. We're faced with a world that's gripped in fear. Some are afraid for themselves. Others are afraid for those they love. And still others fear being the one who brings death and destruction to others. So how shall we respond? How shall we stand? Our Christian forefathers have left us a great example. Starting in 249 AD to 262 AD, a pandemic swept across the Roman Empire with many symptoms comparable to Ebola. Now, either way, whatever this disease is, it brought death, which reached as high as 5,000 a day in the city of Rome and probably had a mortality rate as high as 50%. How did the Christians respond? Although some quaked in fear, Cyprian wrote that most responded in faith and hope. 
Rather than looking at the plague as certain death, they face the plague looking toward the resurrection of the dead. They lived in the certain hope that Christ would raise them on the last day. They looked forward to the joys of that day that can never be taken away and that far surpass anything here and now. They didn't cease to worship, nor did they seek to fulfill their own will. They continued to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Trusting that in doing what he has commanded, God's will would be done even in those matters which they could not control. For them, facing the death and destruction of the plagues was a spiritual attack to get them to depart from Jesus and his word and to seek security elsewhere. They would not give in to the worldly thinking of that day. Instead, they became beacons of light to the dying as they brought them Christ's eternal life-saving word in the midst of death. They brought hope to a world that was falling apart. When I look at their example, I am filled with admiration at what they did. Rather than retreating from the battle, they charged into the fray. Rather than becoming lax in their devotion to the Lord, they placed their very lives on the line. They stood against the spiritual forces and didn't focus on flesh and blood. Not to say they didn't attend to earthly matters. They did. They cared for the sick and dying. They went around burying the dead. They attended to the earthly matters, to those worries of life, those day-to-day -day events, the latest news, and, and many other things. But not at the expense of gathering together to hear God's word and to receive his gifts. They didn't give up Christ nor neglect his supper. They held it as all the more important because without him, and his gifts, they wouldn't have been able to serve and love as they did. My admir admiration must change into thanks then. Because these were regular people like you and me. It wasn't by their strength and their devotion that they stood strong but by the Lord's strength and devotion that they were able to stand. I thank the Lord for their example, and I thank him for giving them strength. Today we also need his strength. Thankfully, Jesus knew this. He knew how the demonic forces would attack us and those Christians before us. He foresaw what was coming and prophesied about these kinds of events. Luke 21, verse 11 records that Jesus said, there will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. He knew what would be and he knew how well we would handle these events. This is why he warned us about what was coming just as he warned us in the garden. 
He warned us that we might continue in faith in spite of any such events. But he also warned us that we would realize that he has the future under control. That he went to the cross to die to rescue us out of all these troubles. He knew what his people would face. He knew our challenges and what our failures would be. And he died both to forgive us our failures and to give us the strength to face those challenges. For we cannot stand against these assaults on our own, nor do we have to do so. Christ stands with us. He stood with us as we face sin and certain death because of sin. And he overcame death and sin and the power of the devil. He delivered us by his death on the cross and gave us his victory in baptism. It's yours. Today, he continues to stand with us and strengthen us against the devil's attacks. He encourages us with his word and feeds us at his table as we are united with him and all those who have gone before us. Today, we take our eyes off of fear and look unto Christ Jesus. Today, we stand strong. Not because we have become more committed, but because Christ has strengthened us to stand against the devil's schemes, to fight the battles of our days, and to stand forward as agents of life and hope. For this is who you are in this world. You are beacons of hope, bringing light in the darkness. You're people filled with Christ's life, giving your life in love and service. You are God's forgiven people, standing against the tide of despair with the sure and certain hope of Christ Jesus. The peace of God which passes understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. All readings prior to the sermon come from an American translation of the Bible.